minutes looking at uh, a passage of scripture. I'm going to do, uh, read two readings, one from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 12, and the first one from Exodus uh, 31, verse 12 to 18. And uh, the subject is Sabbath. So if you have your Bibles, it will appear on the screen, will it? As if... Well done. Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, You must observe my Sabbaths. This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come, so that you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. Observe the Sabbath because it is holy to you. Anyone who desecrates it is to be put to death. Those who do any work on that day must be cut off from their people. For six days, work is to be done, but the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day is to be put to death. The Israelites are to observe the Sabbath, celebrating it for the generations to come as a lasting covenant. It will be a sign between me and the Israelites forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. When the Lord finished speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him the two tablets of the covenant law, the tablets of stone inscribed by the finger of God. And then from Matthew's Gospel, and uh, the last time I spoke in an evening, I took the passage uh, just before from chapter 11, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. And this is the sort of following passage, chapter 12. At that time, Jesus went through the cornfields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some ears of corn and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. And Jesus answered, Haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God, and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priests. Or haven't you read in the law that the priests on Sabbath duty in the temple desecrate the Sabbath and yet are innocent. I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Going on from that place, he went into their synagogue And a man with a shriveled hand was there looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus. They asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And Jesus said to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And then he said to the man, stretch out your hand, and he stretched it out, and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted 
how they might kill Jesus. Should we just pray? Father, thank you for your word. It is a light to our feet, a lamp to our path. It is a plumb line for us in terms of faith. And we pray that as we just spend these few minutes, that you would speak to us afresh through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, a little bit of interaction. Not much, don't be worried. What first comes to mind when you hear the word Sabbath? Anyone? So commandment? Yeah. Rest. Rest. Yes. Anything else? I had those two. Commandment, rest. They were my top two. Then I put work. And I put worship. Don't know what other things come to mind I'm sure you've got things flying through your mind I do remember uh, on one of our first visits to um, Jerusalem and we were staying at a Jewish hotel and suddenly on that Friday there was an influx of guests coming to the hotel and even the lifts had special Sabbath timetables so for every other day you had to press the button of where you wanted to go fourth floor fifth floor But for the Sabbath, it stopped at every floor. So you didn't have to press the button and do any work on the Sabbath. It was amazing. During August, uh, there's lots of folk away from the church here, which is great because folks go away on holiday. They go to New Wine, which I know isn't a holiday, but it's a great experience. Um, If you like camping and do the B&B approach the luxury approach to new wine. But holidays are great. Times for rest. I don't know if you need a rest right now. But they are good for us. And in these passages that we read, we uh, heard about that commandment that was given to Moses about the Sabbath. And then we heard that encounter that Jesus has with the Pharisees as they accuse him of breaking the Sabbath. Now in the time of Jesus, the Sabbath day of rest stood at the very heart of what it meant to be a Jew. It still does for Orthodox Jews. And it wasn't just because it was one of the Ten Commandments, uh, one of the Ten Instructions given to Moses there in Exodus, the Fourth Commandment. It's repeated throughout the Old Testament as a reminder that God had chosen his people. It's repeated again and again, observe the Sabbath and keep it holy. This will be a sign between you and me, God says. It is a sign between God and his people, the Sabbath. And as we read in that passage from Exodus 31, there was punishments for breaking the Sabbath, even being put to death. Every devout Jew took the Sabbath 
seriously. So a rhetorical question now, you don't have to answer this, but you can in your own mind. Do you think Jesus kept the Sabbath? Well, the answer is yes. <laughs> okay? But you have to qualify that. Whose Sabbath did he keep? Did he keep the Pharisees' Sabbath? Or did he keep his Sabbath? We know that Jesus observed the true Sabbath faultlessly. The reason why we know this is that Jesus offers himself as a perfect sacrifice for us. And he fulfilled the law completely. He didn't break any commandment. He is the only perfect human being who has ever walked on this earth. And he offered that perfect life as a human being, as a sacrifice for us, for our sins. He faultlessly kept the law. But here in this passage... We see Jesus and the religiously zealous Pharisees clashing over this idea of the Sabbath. They were clear that Jesus was someone who was breaking the Sabbath and not only that, encouraging other people to break the Sabbath. Jesus wants them to go deeper. What is the Sabbath about? Who is it for? What is it for? And he wants to free his fellow Jews from the burdens that the religious had put upon them. But also to warn the generations to come because the church has in its history made the very same mistakes that the Pharisees were making about the Sabbath. I always remember that campaign, Make Sunday Special. Do you remember that? Which was really great because for many years the church had, had another campaign, it was Make Sunday Miserable. You know, I heard tales, I'm sure this is not true, but of, of Christians who would take the hamster's wheel out of the cage on a Sunday, you know, because they didn't want it to work, you know, and have fun on a Sunday. I remember as growing up the dilemma my parents had of whether we were allowed to play football on a Sunday or not. And if you've ever watched Chariots of Fire, brilliant film and all about the Olympics. If you're not too full of the Olympics, just put it on. It's light relief. And, uh, but Eric Little wouldn't run on a Sunday, would he? And he? But he was standing for something that was so precious to him. And he ran a different race and won that. The Hebrew word Shabbat, Sabbath, means to rest, to cease work. The very first Sabbath rest we'll find in the uh, Genesis narratives, chapter 2, that creation narrative, where God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creation. That was the first, first Sabbath. He rested. Now why did God need a rest? 
Did he need a rest? Was he tired after all that work of creation? Was he exhausted? Or was he setting in place an example and a model for the whole of creation? A healthy model to work out of rest, to have a balance in life of work and rest. We all need rest and sleep to function properly. Sometimes when I hear the stories of junior doctors working 70 odd hours in a week, I just think, how on earth can they carry out such an important job with no sleep? We're not built to do that. And the Lord has given us early warning systems too when we get tired. It's because we need a rest. It wasn't just dust meat then, okay. Or when you experience that snappiness, maybe you need a rest. So that first day of rest was more than just about rest. According to the Genesis account, it was Adam's first day. Imagine that, Adam's first day. What are we going to do? We're going to rest. He hadn't done anything and he gets a day off. His very first day is a day off. And here's the key. If you don't remember anything else I'm saying about the Sabbath, this is what I think it's about. The Sabbath is a reminder to rest by grace in the finished work of God. The Sabbath was given to rest by grace in the finished work of God. Because God had created and finished his work and then he said to Adam, we're having a day of rest on his very first day. And the Sabbath was not just about resting, it was having faith to stop working because God has worked for us. And I know the dilemma that many of the folk in our church have who are self-employed particularly. Should they open on a Sunday? Should, you know, should they work? What happens about that? Is it, is it wrong? Well, I think the principle is that you should have a day off. A day of rest. A day when you can rest in the provision of God. I'm not saying whether you should or shouldn't work on a Sunday. That would be very hypocritical for me. <laughs> but I'm saying that you should have a Sabbath. But there are also times when maybe you need to make a stand and trust that God will provide for what may be missing on that day. Because that's resting in the provision of God by his grace. But it's no wonder that Jesus clashed with the Pharisees. The irony of it all was the Pharisees had turned the Sabbath into hard work. With rules and regulations and restrictions. They had even measured out how far you can walk on a Sabbath day. And beyond such a distance was regarded as work. They'd managed to suck all the life out of the Sabbath. And here they clash with Jesus over the disciples picking corn on the Sabbath. We're told that they were walking through a cornfield. The disciples were hungry. They saw the corn and they took it and ate it. 
They saw it as the provision of God for them. A perfect example for them to Sabbath in his grace. But the Pharisees saw it as harvesting and preparing food, both of which are prohibited according to their laws and how they interpreted the scriptures. Later on in that passage, they clash again as Jesus comes to the synagogue. He's there in the synagogue and the Pharisees provoke Jesus with a question. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Because they knew Jesus went around healing people on the Sabbath. Is it, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And there's a man there in the synagogue with a shriveled hand. And Jesus sees the man and he has compassion on the man and he invites the man to enjoy the Sabbath by the grace of God and his provision. And not shying away from the Pharisees, he just says to the man, stretch out your hand. And the man's hands healed immediately. Of course, the Pharisees saw healing as Jesus' day job and therefore work, and that sort of thing should be kept to the day after the Sabbath. And Jesus has to say, you are hypocrites. If you have livestock and they fall into a pit on the Sabbath, you're the first ones to get them out. Well, of course you would, wouldn't you? If your sheep falls down, I mean, I don't know how you relate to that as yourselves. If you've got a pet, whether it falls down a hole or whatever, sorry, can't help you till Sunday's over. You'd get, wouldn't you? The answer's yes. He says, you hypocrites, how much more valuable is a person than a sheep? He exposes their religion. Not only is inconsistent and hypocritical because they treat the sick and needy worse than their own livestock, but something even worse, they have misunderstood and misrepresented the very scriptures they hold as God's word to put burdens upon people and even more upon them and more upon them. They've twisted and redefined the grace of God. Jesus has to point out about David eating consecrated bread. Had they never heard of that? Of course they had. And what about their own priests who desecrate the Sabbath yet are declared innocent? Jesus came to set us free. And he wants to set the Pharisees free. He is the one who can offer us rest for our souls. And in a last ditch attempt to reach out to the Pharisees, he declares to them who he is. That he is the son of man and he is the Lord of the Sabbath. It's his Sabbath. He created it. He is the author of life. The maker's instructions are his instructions. He is God in the flesh. 
the judge of all, and he alone is able to declare innocent. And he even says to them, something greater than the temple is here amongst you. And they turn against him. And they set their sights on killing Jesus. They are accused of changing the gospel of grace and mercy into a religion of works, a handbook of human effort. And throughout the centuries, again and again, the church has had to rediscover grace, rediscover grace, rediscover grace, because our default mode is earning it. It's religion, and we lose sight of what it's all about. This appeal by Jesus sets in motion the events that will lead to the cross where Jesus offers his sinless, perfect life as a sacrifice for our sinful, imperfect lives. The Pharisees even there have a choice whether to harden their hearts, but they just begin to plot how they might kill Jesus. Each one of us needs to reclaim the Sabbath in our lives. Not making Sunday miserable or whatever it is, but finding in our lives that place of rest, of Sabbath rest, resting in the grace and provision of God for all of our needs. The Sabbath is a gift of grace. Resting in the grace of God and the provision of his mercy and love. So when Jesus says to us, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Let's pray together. Karis, do you want to come back?